0: Nothing changes if nothing changes. And if I decided on a whim to go out and get a tattoo right now, that's what it would say. And I don't know where I'd put it, but I'd make damn sure it wasn't hidden. That way I could remind myself and everyone around the fundamental truth behind the statement. But wait, you're probably wondering, what's it even mean? And why is it so important in my life? Well, stick around and I'll tell you all about it. This is A Joyful Rebellion, the podcast that explores that moment you realize the life and success you worked so hard to create didn't come with all the fulfillment you thought it would. I'm your host, James Walters, and I want you to be the author of your own story. Each week, I connect with people who inspire bold answers to the question, what do I do now to create a life I love? If you are ready to start answering that question for yourself, you're in the right place. So let's start A Joyful Rebellion. yeah y'all feeling the groove i'm in a disco kind of place today you know what i'm gonna treat this music like some folks do their alarm clock just a few more seconds yeah that was fun but i just remembered why we got together so i'll jump right in now i'll never forget the time i was deep in conversation with one of my good friends a few years ago We were discussing patterns of both healthy and toxic communication in our own relationships and how we wished things were versus the current reality. And before long, we started sliding our way down the rabbit hole of how we were raised and how skills we did or didn't learn as kids had a big impact on our present situations. When out of the blue, I said, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. She looked at me like I was in the middle of having a stroke and said, what does that even mean? And I explained that if you get in the car and you get on a certain road, you'll end up wherever that road ends up. And if that's where you want to end up, then great. If not, you have to decide at what point you're going to turn off onto a different road to eventually reach your intended destination. And life is a lot like that. A large portion of our waking life happens on autopilot. From the moment we wake up, we have certain habits and rituals that are baked into our routine and some add to our well-being while others might work against it. And it's easy to keep going down the same road if we don't see a reason to go a different direction. Sometimes it takes receiving feedback from the people closest to us before we realize our unconscious habits are either helping us create a good life or they're not. But if no one tells us, how do we know? That's actually what I wanted to talk with you about today. I just lured you in with a story about a new tattoo. The real point of this is to discuss the importance of keeping a journal. Okay, okay, hear me out. I'm not bringing this up because I read some self-help article last week and needed stuff to talk about. It's one of those things I stumbled on for myself And it actually took about two years of consistent practice before I truly understood the magic of it. And it's that magic that I wanted to share with you today because goodness knows we could all use a little magic. My latest and most successful journaling practice so far began back in 2020, when like so many others, I had nothing but time. Time to read books, watch personal growth-focused YouTube videos, and experiment with ways to be a better version of myself. I remember a period in that summer when I was trying to perfect my morning routine for like the fourth or fifth time. I'd read a book about that a few years before, and along with mindfulness, exercise, reading, and what seemed like a half dozen other little tasks, it really touted the benefits of adding a journaling practice each morning as a way of reflecting on the day before or just a general brain dump to face the day with a less cluttered mind. As luck would have it, I had a really nice hardcover book full of blank pages that had been lying around collecting dust. I remember buying it years earlier off the bargain table of the bookstore, knowing I didn't have an immediate need for it, while also certain I would find a use for it someday. And ever since then, I pray daily to St. Marie Kondo for the strength and wisdom to release those kinds of urges in the future. (laughs) Anyway, I cracked open the book, put the date at the top of the right page, and just started writing about whatever popped into my head. Once I reached the bottom of the page, I stopped writing, I put the pen down, turned the page, and moved the little ribbon that came attached to the book in the crease to mark the next blank page. My goal was not necessarily to write in it every morning, but to write as often as I had things to say. A couple of years passed, and I stuck with the journaling habit. The days I did write in it, I would put down literally whatever popped into my head at the time dreams I had the night before, frustrations with my partner, frustrations with my work, or the pace at which I was accomplishing the goals I was committed to. How was the coffee that day? Still too hot? Just right? Did the birds outside sound happy? You get the point. After doing this for a while, it seemed like the pattern boiled down to things that were going well, things that were not going well, and thoughts about why. At that point, I was doing it more to get the thoughts out of my head and onto the page as a kind of way to process feelings, but also as a way to not have them build up the way they can when they go unexpressed. Then one day, out of the blue, the whole thing just clicked for me. And I say this with no hyperbole. Everything has been different ever since. And I forgive you for thinking that last statement sounded like a late night infomercial. It did, and I'm not apologizing for it. While journaling will never eclipse the likes of a Slap Chop or a ShamWow, that one day, around two years into my journaling practice, I stumbled on the thing that proved to me the power of keeping a journal. It was the power of perspective. The morning after writing my page, I noticed I was ahead of my morning schedule, and I was also really enjoying the coffee. So I decided to flip to a few random pages from way back in the first few months of journaling and read what was going on back then in my life. The first page was amusing, so I skipped ahead to another random page and then another. Eventually, after a dozen or so random pages from past years of writing my thoughts, my eyes got wider and eventually my mouth dropped as an uncomfortable truth began to reveal itself. I realized I was on a hamster wheel. Some of the goals I was hoping to accomplish a year or more before were the same things I was still writing about in the present. Some of the same frustrations I was having with my relationship were also there in black and white months and years before. If you'd asked me how long I'd been working on and dealing with some of these things, I would have told you a few months tops. But the little dates at the top of each entry told a much more sobering story. Each page reflected my hopes And dreams, struggles, but most of all, my complacency. And damn, that was a hard pill to swallow, because that's when I realized the most appropriate title for a book about my life would be Same Shit, Different Day. My stomach turned at the thought of all the squandered time and missed opportunities. My sense of loss was already smoldering, but by the end of 20 or so entries, my ego had kicked in quench the fire, but it accidentally grabbed the gasoline can instead of the water and I was in full-on rage mode. I will not let this happen again. That was the commitment I made to myself as I snapped the book shut and started my workday with a brand new level of intention, intensity, and sense of agency over my life. I've never experienced anything quite like all of that insight from reading back over just a few dozen days of my thoughts put down on paper. And I don't know that any amount of self-help books or videos or classes or therapy could have brought the same level of epiphany. Seeing my own words describe my past life and realizing that many of those words also describe my current life was a true wake-up call for me. And I know what you're thinking, it sounds super cliche and you're 100% right, but that's how I felt. And it is what it is. And while I'm not always successful in staying off the hamster wheel, I've done my best ever since to live my life in a way that ensures I'll look back at last year's entries with feelings of gratitude and accomplishment. So I still write in my journal, sometimes every morning, but sometimes I skip several days, especially if I'm traveling. Regardless of the frequency, though, I always stick to only writing one page. i found if I'm less rigid with the frequency, and I don't try to make it something like a daunting exercise, I'm much more likely to freely put my thoughts down. I still go back from time to time and audit my past entries. And I can tell if I'm still complaining about being over a certain body fat percentage for more than a few months, that lets me know it's not really a physical issue. It's a mindset and a commitment issue. And that allows me to make the choice to either do something about it or decide to live with it, stop complaining, and focus on other things. Either way, It's time to move on to something else, because nothing changes if nothing changes. Oh wait, so sorry. I just realized I rambled on and on about how great a journaling practice has been for me, and now you may be interested in dipping your toes in that water, but maybe wonder what's the best way to get started. Don't worry, I got you. Now based on what you've already heard me talk about, you've got a pretty clear idea where we're headed with this. But just like with cooking, it's always helpful to follow a recipe when trying a new dish. Then you sprinkle your own blend of spices to make it your own. So here's what I've learned over the past decade of searching for my groove with journaling and in my past two and a half years of having a consistent practice with it. First, figure out how much structure you need. Some folks get a ton of benefit by using journals that have a prompt. For example, the top of the page might ask, What was the best thing that happened yesterday? Or, list three things you're thankful for right now. These are helpful if you have no idea what to write about. Though in my own experience, I've found prompts to be kind of a crutch and often don't relate to my life at all. Some days, everything feels like it's going to hell and I'm mad about it. So forcing myself to list three things I'm grateful for or just follow a format, that didn't work for me. I like a nice blank piece of paper with lines on it And i just make it up from there. Second, get a journal you love the look and feel of. Something that doesn't feel disposable. Oh, and a pen that feels absolutely delicious to write with. Seriously, neither one have to be expensive. But for me, if it looks and feels like it's worth keeping around, then I get more excited about continuing the story inside. That's just me, though. And I'm weird, so feel free to use a spiral notebook if you want. The pens I use aren't fancy, but they glide super smooth on the page and the ink is black, not gray. They're like a buck 80 a piece. I'll put the link in the show notes. Again, feel free to use a pen with glitter ink if you want. You do you. Okay, third, know deep in your soul that this is for you and only for you. So there are no rules. You're not writing to impress some future generation, so go ahead, vent brag, rage, cast spells, get all your bitterness, elation, despair, fears, joys, hopes, and dreams down on that page. If you're not real with yourself, this exercise is way less likely to be effective. And I mentioned I like to write until I fill up exactly one page and then I stop. Not often, but sometimes I'll get to the middle of a page and I just know that I have nothing more to say. So I literally write that and then I close the book and I try again another day. So if you like the idea of one page per entry, but you're worried that you can't come up with enough to write, here's a pro tip. Get a journal with smaller pages. Problem solved. And you might decide to upgrade later if you feel like you need to, but don't ever feel like you have to. Now finally, if you want to get really in the weeds with this, I have an easy to follow, totally free guide on the website. Just go to ajoyfulrebellion.com and look for the resource link at the top of the site, then go for the guide to journaling. It will give more detail on these three points I mentioned, plus a few others. Truly though, if you hear nothing else from this, please know the most important thing to avoid at all costs is beating yourself up if you feel like you're not doing it correctly, or if you miss a day or a week. Hell, I missed the first five months of 2022 because, well, life gets weird sometimes. So give yourself some grace and figure out how to make it into something you want to do, not something you feel like you have to do. If you're thinking about doing this, I wish you the best of luck with it, and I hope it contributes to your joy. I also look forward to meeting with you right back here very soon. Thank you so much for joining me today, and be sure to come back next week. Oh, and can I ask a favor? I love connecting with people who have either led their own Joyful Rebellion or professionals who help others through that journey. So if you know someone like that, there's a big yellow button on the homepage at ajoyfulrebellion.com. I'd really appreciate you reaching out with a suggestion or introduction. Thanks again, and I'll see you back here next week.